Hi, this is Mike. Hi, this is Russ. And hi, this is Matt. And you are listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. It feels appropriate that I do something like this. Hello, is this still working? Is there anybody out there on the airwaves? Um, guys, hello. It has been literally forever. Actually, I can't say that. It sounds shit. <laughs> it has been a long time <laughs> since we got together. Uh, this is episode 132 of the podcast. We are chatting again today for the first time in a very long time. For those of you that are stumbling across this right now, uh, this is the podcast of the Lacuna Core community. We are over at EmptySpiral.net and we've been doing this podcast for quite a few years now, on and off. Uh, this is episode 132 and on this particular podcast we're going to be saying hello again because we've not spoken for so long. Hi guys. Uh, and then we will be introducing a very special recording but we'll come on to that in a little while. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my two co-hosts on the podcast. I'll start with you, Russell. Hello, Russell. How are you, sir? Hello, Matthew. My name is Russell. I am a Gemini. I am based in the southeast of England. How are you? <laughs> I am very fine. I didn't realise that, that we were talking. I'm, I'm a Virgo, since you asked, but uh, I, I don't really follow so, that kind of stuff. But, uh, yes. I thought, you know, normally the, the podcast, you know, no exception. I know it's been a while, <laughs> but we might as well check in with the weather. Um, it's currently uh, October, approaching November in the UK, and again, we are surrounded by continuous cloud for any of our international listeners. So uh, in case you wondered what your weather report had been the last several months, it's pretty much the same as it's always been. But yeah, um, It's no, not quite like the BBC Weather Channel, whatever it is. It's, it's not, it's not. But uh, no, I am well um, in the intervening months, uh, listening to plenty of Lacuna Coil, and, um, yeah, a certain screening this week that we'll come on to very shortly. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, thank you, Russell. Turning to my other co-host, Michael. Hello, Mike. Oh, How are you doing, mate? Sun, sun, Sunday noon. Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Um, it's a bit grim up north compared to... It's always grim uh, up north, sunny, mate. It's almost grim up north. Sunny up London. North. Yes, north. exactly. Sunny, warm London yesterday for a cold, coldish swap up here for the drizzle and fog in the north when I arrived back. So it's, um, it is, as we say, grim up north, but <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> How have you been keeping? I'm good, thank you. I've been, uh, other than work, um, in the last couple of months, I've been getting off here, there and everywhere. And that's been quite fun, a very busy year and a few other things uh, in the pipeline towards the end of the year. Um, good stuff. Mainly... Lacuna Core related, so that should be fun. Excellent, excellent. What about yourself? Very busy. Um, I can make lots of excuses as to why we've not done the podcast for so many months. Uh, and it's a combination of a number of factors. A lot of it work-related, a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, just life gets in the way of even the most interesting things, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. quite sad, really. Uh, most... Recently, I've been enjoying the October weather. So, although you say it's grim up, wolf, up north, up worth, up north, and it's cloudy, I quite like October as a month. It's got that kind of cold but clear and kind of yellow, yellow orange sun type vibe about it. Do you know what I mean? In the sun, when it, when, yeah, you know, yeah. in direct sunlight, it's really warm. But when you get into the shade or it's a bit windy, it's a bit brisk. And you have to wear your coat and your hat and stuff. I like that. That's, that's kind of the weather I like. I'm a bit of a, a winter person. There we go. Uh, but yeah, I've been 
doing loads of bits and pieces, not making any progress on my Netflix watch list, really, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, etc., etc. So, yeah, that's kind of us. Uh, as I say, for those of you who are unfamiliar with our work, we've been doing this for quite some time now. Uh, I think it's probably about four years, guys, I think, on and off, yeah, which yeah. is a bit scary. And uh, if you go back through the archives on Empty Spiral, you will find reviews of every song and every album to date. And all. yeah, we're always finding things to talk about, and uh, I'm sure that's going to continue for a very long time. I suppose we probably ought to reflect, given how long it's been since we got together, on the most recent news, really. You know, just thinking about what I posted on Empty Spire and on the social networks today, uh, we've got announcements about the 119 show. So for those of you who've been living in a box for a very long time or are new to Lacuna Coil, back on the 19th of January this year, the band played a very, very special show in London in front of many, many people. And they recorded that show and are about to release a CD, DVD box set and a Blu-ray box set. That's due to come out on the 9th of November, which if you could turn the numbers around the right way, actually is 119, if you kind of think about it. Uh, so that's due, due out in a, in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, on Tuesday of this week, on the 23rd, just a couple of days ago, the three of us, as well as a few hundred other people, got a chance to see it at its world premiere uh, in London. A very, very special event. And it was pretty cool. We'll come on to a kind of formally reviewing it after we uh, after we show you what we recorded or we present to you what we recorded. So that's one thing that's worth noting. The, the other thing, for those of you who have not been aware of it, is that um, Lacuna Corda have written a book called Nothing Stands in Our Way. And it's been on, it's been cooking. They've been cooking this book for quite some time, haven't they, really? And it's now due for release, I believe, at the end of the month. And it comes in two different formats. Both of them look beautiful, I have to say. It's over 200 pages long. It talks about the history of the band. It's got lots of exclusive shots, um, lots of insider information. Looks absolutely amazing. Uh, the The special edition, I think it's called, or the signature um, box, comes in a a clamshell box it's signed by the band and it comes with original artwork created by um of course marco uh, the bassist and artist of the band uh, and that's um they're, they're both available well they will be available in this month and you can pre-order them now uh i will make sure there's links in the show notes but to be honest if you go to the front page of empty spot you'll see the announcement so um definitely worth checking out if you're a long-term fan or even if you're not and you want to find more out about the band very very special thing that is so i think i've kind of covered the, the important bits let's talk about the screening on tuesday very very special little event i think it's fair to say uh it started with a q a with andrea and christina being interviewed by a uk journalist malcolm dome who's been in the industry for a very, very long time, friends of the band, friend of the band, I should say. Uh, and what made this, I think, very interesting was that it was a Q&A with the, with the audience. So if you turned up, you put your hand up, and if you were lucky, you got chosen, you got to ask Andrea and Christina a series of questions. Well, I don't think we should spoil it. Let's get on right now. So we were lucky enough to record it, and here is the full Q&A session. 
Anyway, uh, the way this is going to work, hopefully, is most of the questions are going to come from you lot. So we can just sit back and let you do all the work. But I'm going to sneakily jump in with a couple to start us off. And the obvious first question is, we're in London. You did your gig in London, 20th anniversary show in London. Why London? Um, everyone. I drink. <laughs> Um, basically, we choose London because um, our fan base is quite spread out all over the place. So we wanted to find a, a place that makes sense for everybody. Like if somebody wanted to fly from the States or from, some, from Russia, we had people from South America, people from Italy, people from Europe. So we decided to, to just choose a place that was always special for us because it's the place where we started to get more attention as a band when we started. And also that was easy to reach from all over the place with flies and, and stuff like that. Actually, out of interest, how many people here tonight are not from London? Oh, quite a few. Wow. How many people here tonight are not from the UK? Well, there you are. Your point is made. <laughs> and, and the other interesting thing is, obviously, it wasn't just a gig. You worked with a circus. How difficult was it to integrate the circus into the Kinecore? It was very difficult because it was all pre-production and not in the same place because incandescence the the circus team who worked with us for the 119 show is from England uh, but we never met in person up until three days before the show for Andre and I because we rehearsed a little bit especially for the parachute thing but um, Lacuna Coil met incandescence the day before the show so we the rehearsal the real rehearsal was so so intense because time was really really limited and we've been lucky that we've been able to book the um, the venue where we where we did uh, the 119 show one day in advance so we could actually rehearse the aerials and 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 everything with the circus because it was the first time that we performed with some other people that were not the musicians on stage it was weird yeah basically we uh, rehearse the songs, the old songs, uh, on tour during the sound checks of the European tour, and then once we had the, everything locked in, we went to Bristol a couple of days before uh, the actual show. Rehearse me and her. We rehearse with the dancers and all the uh, the circus people, and then we all together we rehearse again just the day of the show for the very final. So the day we actually play, we play all the set twice with the circus. Uh, including the, the actual show. Because we had to do it for technical reason to check that everything was fine, and also because the, the show was going to be filmed, so the, the crew who filmed the DVD had to be ready and know what was going on. Excellent. It's enough from me. You lot out there must have loads of questions, so please put your hands up if you'd like to actually ask Andrea and Christina anything of interest. Uh, question there, over there. What does Lacuna Coil mean? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to be that bad and ask that. Um, obviously, some of your songs on your albums have very personal sort of meanings for you guys. Um, did Delirium have any personal songs that you sort of felt were more powerful this time, or was it sort of the same as the other albums? Uh, are you talking about the the, the one eighty show set or Just the newest like, songs? Just like the new songs and the. Uh, it depends because. Um, the way we write, uh, it's that Marco uh, Cautizelati writes the music, the majority of the music. 
uh, we all come with arrangements and idea and everyone has to like the music of course because we don't want to put out anything that we all uh, I mean we all have to like what we put out and then Andre and I are responsible for the lyrics so the ideas for the lyrics are coming from two different people and surprisingly we agree on everything we have the same taste um, we like to keep our lyrics um, real in a way that they have to talk about us, what's happening in our life, they have to reflect what we think. Uh, but they also have to have uh, something that it's, not that it's hidden, but sometimes we like to use our lyrics in a way that you can have your own interpretation. Because we write for ourselves, it's a th therapy for us, but we believe that music can be a therapy for whoever listens to it. So it's cool to leave an open message sometimes, so you can make a song yours. On this set, there are several songs that are very important for us for different reasons. Some songs because uh, they opened more doors for us, they made us more successful, like Heaven's Alive, for example, is one of the songs that connected the most with our fan, ba uh, fan bases. But there are also other songs that are more personal to us because we came up with some phrases related to our personal life uh, songs. Like, like the last songs as well from Delirium are related to last episodes in the last three years. So these are probably the most intense in terms of uh, pain felt, I would say, because it's something fresh, still fresh for us. Anything to like to add, Yeah, mm, basically. What, what we felt that is that it's important for us to use the music and the lyrics to push out our experiences, our energy, our uh, whatever we get from those experiences. But it's also important for everybody to relate, and everybody relates in a different way. Like very often we got messages from the fans that are, uh, oh, I like that song because it talks about this topic or that topic. And in reality, it doesn't really talk about, I mean, the way we meant it, it wasn't really that. But it's not very important, you know, the most important thing is that you get something good from the song that helps you, you know, no matter if, if it's not exactly the same meaning, you know, because all of us, we all go through positive and negative and it's important that uh, this energy is, is being used by the people because for us sometimes it feels like the, the lyrics are already there, already in the air and we just grab them at the right moment and write it and put them in the song but uh, it, that's why I think sometimes you can relate for complete different reason, but still it's it's it seems it was there. It's the, the magic of music, I think. Right, the next question. Ah, the lady there in the middle. Don't worry, won't miss you up, we'll get to you. Ciao Cristina, ciao Andrea. Um, my question is around the 190 set list. Are there any songs that you kind of want it to be in there, but for any reason, time constraints or rearrangements, uh, couldn't be there. Yes. <laughs> Which one? It was the most difficult set yeah. list of our life. <laughs> it was very difficult because now we have so many records out and it's hard to squeeze 20 years in a couple of hours of, of a show. Uh, and also because we had to think about the, the actual show going on that was a big stress and we might talk about it later because I'm sure someone will ask about it. Uh, there are some many songs that we wanted to include, but I think that we did a, a good choice because we included something older and something new, so presenting the history of Lacuna Coil throughout the songs. Uh, 
for us it was harder to propose to, to play older songs because uh, they have been recorded differently and the lineup was including two guitar players uh, it was all recorded in analogic because we did a few albums recording in analogic there was no digi digital uh, so Marco had to rewrite even some of the older songs and make a new version out of them, which turned out m in a way modern, but keeping the old roots of Lacuna Coil and the core of Lacuna Coil that has always been present. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, it's been difficult. In the beginning, we had like 50 songs already, while we already made a selection, and then we had to go down to, to, to 25, but also it was some song we really wanted to play, but it was just too difficult to, to adapt them to the situation and, and um, having all the contingency, like the time and being on tour. And so we, we made the best we could do with the time and, uh, and uh, uh, the tools we had at the time. Right, let's move further back. Anyone towards the back would like to ask a question? Ah, oh, the gentleman in the shirt there. In the black shirt. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Long hair, black Long hair, shirt. black shirt. Oh, okay. Um, I was wondering what inspired you to use the circus as a theme for the 119 show? Eh? What inspired the circus? <laughs> oh, what inspired the circus? Uh, the, the initial idea uh, came uh, when we were on, on, on a tour. I can't remember which one. And we started to think about all the... Uh, all the images that we, we like in, in general. And then through our uh, light guy, Wolfie, we found out the existence of this uh, team from, from England called Incandescence. Uh, and it was a, not the regular circus, but they used a lot of the darker images. And we said, wow, this could be cool. So step by step, all the idea of a whole scenario came out. Uh, we, we thought about... Um, new outfits that could fit with them but as i said it was very difficult to plan something on on distance because we were in italy they were in england and we we had to talk by mail and they were busy and we were busy and we couldn't rehearse so there has been a lot of work behind the scenes so much that we were super stressed the day of the show so we enjoyed the show of course because uh, our fans are amazing but we were so stressed and we really wish that everything could be Perfect. Yeah, actually, when we finished that show, it, it was the end of like, at least six months of stress between choosing the songs, doing the artwork, uh, working with the circus. So it was exciting, but also very relieving. When we finished the show, we were felt like 10 years younger, you know, because all the pressure was gone. And, and, and so it was a, a lot of work. Luckily, the, the circus people were very, very professional and they've been doing this with many big artists all around the world. And so it was easy to work with them because they, they knew what, what they were doing. And so all our crew has been really good in, in helping us making it work. You know? But also there are certain things you can't control like space and movements and you have to be careful with fire, a lot of security reasons. And so it, it's been really relieving to, to Getting out there, you know, and it's done. <laughs> you sound almost relieved, it's done. <laughs> right, let's move on. Oh, quite a few people. The gentleman down there, the king, of course, right at the front, you've been waiting patiently. Hi, guys. Um, so, sorry? Sorry, okay. Um, it, it, I think it really relates to, again, delirium and lyrical subjects, but I love that album because I think musically it's fantastic um, and lyrically it's brilliant, and the, the vocal performances from both are just 
amazing. But I remember reading at, uh, at that time you released it a couple of years ago that it was really influenced by, um, it was based around a concept of it, back at an asylum, but it was what influenced you was talking about mental health. And I just wondered like, really what inspired you to, to go down that route and, and touch upon that subject. And going forward, um, are you going to be kind of influenced and do like, more conceptual pieces around like inspirations for other albums? Does that make sense? Well, speaking of delirium, uh, there were different places where we got the inspiration. Um, not only everything started from the song Delirium, because we were looking for a word that could be perfect for the chorus, but we also realized that when we found the word Delirium, we also thought about what we were living in the period of the songwriting. And uh, I never really said it, but in the months while we, we wrote this lyrics, I was spending a lot of time in centers of like neurological and also mental health uh, centers, cures, because uh, my mom had some problems like this. So it was really weird to be projected in a world that I didn't really know. Um, and, and this definitely, definitely influenced at least me and my perception of what we were writing, of what I wanted to, to write in my parts of lyrics and to present to Andrea. And also we thought about other stuff that we went through as a band, some moments of depression, of something that people usually don't see from the outside because from the outside everything is perfect, magazines, covers, and uh, oh wow, you're a rock star, you're traveling the world. But there is so much behind it. There are some moments of loneliness, of sadness, of of, of, of pain, as I said before. and. We wanted to use this record to push everything out because this is the only way to to control what you're feeling, to to contrast the, the the bad feelings you have inside. So I I guess this was definitely part of his inspiration, at least from my side. No, yeah, it was, and actually mm, working an album like that, we realized how much these problems are common, you know, and we saw it even in recent times with Chester or Chris Cornell how much even people you thought had a perfect life and no problems, no beautiful families, beautiful job, a lot of money. And in the end, it's a real problem, you know, and it's much deeper and, and darker than you think, you know, and it can eat everybody, no matter if you're struggling in your life or if you have the most beautiful life. So it's, it, we realized with this album how much it brought people together because everybody, all of us, in smaller or in a bigger way, uh, suffered from this. I suffer from anxiety myself in the past, uh, not so much now, or, because I, I kind of find my way out of it, you know? And, but I, I think it's something everybody has inside, in a way. You know, some, some people get strike stronger, some people lighter, but still, it, it's a very common problem. And we realized with this album how much, how many people wrote to us that re they relate to the topics, to the titles, to the phrases. And, and that's been beautiful in a way, even if it's kind of sad, obviously, because <laughs> we're not happy to have people suffering, but uh, it's, it's good that we can all see that we are all humans, you know, and, that, and in this world that is so fast and so uh, getting always more digital and artificial and, and, and virtual, it, it's good to see that we actually all, when, when we have something in common, we all can relate to it. You know. It's a really good point, it's a very serious moment. And people do forget that a lot of your lyrics actually make very serious, practical points. 
Out of interest, what made you choose to ask the question about that subject? It was just interesting because, you know, I think, you know, uh, sorry, if, okay. Um, like my, I, know, I know people in my family that have been a, mental, a history of mental health issues, and I think, you know, the last, like, maybe three or four years, I don't, especially in this country, we've been more open about talking about mental health issues. And I just wanted, and I don't know, I think it's even like two years after the was released, it, it still strikes a chord. And I just think the album's fantastic. So I, I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Much. It was very important for us to talk about it in a very respectful way, in a very realistic way without being too sad because it's a reality so we don't want to spectacular spectacularize it <laughs> if it, this Maybe. term exists but uh, but at the same time we didn't want to be too sad about it because it's like okay this is something that exists that is existing i'm talking about something that it's happening to me and i'm going to feel better if i talk about it and if i share it with uh yeah, with other people sure. it, it feels like it. it's a very conceptual album but it feels very human as well. I, I think it comes across really well. It's a great album. Thank you. Cheers. There you are. That's nice. Right. This, hopefully we've on to a slightly lighter subject, because there are obviously lighter <laughs> sides to it. Uh, uh, the gentleman sitting there. I swear I just have to point to go. Hello, my question is for Andrea. Um, when I first heard the opening track of Delirium, um, House of Shame, you opened that up with a crazy roar. And is that a vocal technique you've known for some time or you've been able to use for some time but only recently started recording it? Or is that a vocal technique you've only recently actually learned? No, it is something that I've always been doing. Actually, for a few years I haven't been doing it, but I was doing it much more in the beginning of the band. And uh, it was when we brought the album, when Marco came up with the music, we could tell that there was kind of a a wild side of Lacuna Coil. There was something, not so many rules, you know, not so many uh, thinking about what we've been doing before the Darium, you know. So when the music was there and was so rough, on certain songs at least, rough and, and, and wild, uh, we thought, why don't we just go with it, you know, why don't we just do whatever we feel we could fit the song, no matter if it's not typical Lacuna Coil or not what people would expect us to do. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that's exactly what we wanted to have. <laughs> and, and I recorded the beginning though. Yeah, that's her part. Just to make. <laughs> no, but it, it, we choose also to to put out uh, House of Shame as the first songs just to to surprise people, like you said, and. and it, Too bad the rest of the album <laughs> Okay, who's up for the next one? Okay, the lady just there. Since you're right Um, Right, so for a band that is going for 20 years like you, you always have to reinvent yourself, of course, because otherwise you run the risk of basically just becoming, uh, like repeating yourself too much and just losing the interest of fans. But at the same time, uh, my question is basically, how do you reinvent yourself without basically trying to too hard, like some other bands have done, and like completely changing your style, and also, but also without just alienating all your fan base, because basically like, Broken uh, Crown Halo is completely different to uh, Delirium, but they still I've never heard 
any fan saying, oh, that's shit, you know, or something. It always has, someone say, oh, yeah, they're amazing, and they go from strength to strength. That's, this is not an easy question to answer, too, because it's, it's, it's a, it requires a, a very long uh, answer, so I, I will try to, to, to shrink it a bit. Uh, first of all, we don't think too much how we're going to evolve. We let it happen spontaneously because we, we firmly believe that if you're not honest in what you do, uh, you're going to fail. Because we could, we could try to be a more successful band and try to put out, like, I don't know, more commercial songs or, oh, okay, right now rap and trap are so big, let's try to do a trap song. But it wouldn't be us. Uh, so it's not even a problem of the fan base. We wouldn't be real in what we do because we, we don't really like that stuff. It's not really representing us. Uh, the problem is that times are changing, everyone is evolving, and it's not easy at all to, to, to be in time with every record to, to please everyone. So we don't really think about it. We don't know how we do it. Probably the secret is that we're always interested in everything. We listen to any kind of music. We love books. We love video games, movies, soundtracks. So we try to keep young in spirit and, and be curious in everything. And all these influences are coming in us and they get out throughout our music. So maybe this is our way to... I don't, know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man, there's no secret. I think we have always been that kind of band that every record we kind of change a little bit. If you take Home Alive to Karma Code, it's a little different. To Shadow Life is different again and so on. So I think that's just our nature is to evolve and change a little bit. Although we still like everything we've done. You know, We still like the reverie, gothic vibe. We, we have all the niche memories. So it's not that we don't like it anymore. You know, it's just that obviously you you progress and you want to try something else. But there, I think it's important for us to to keep the focus on our roots. And our roots will always be the dark element in our music, the metal and the rock aspect of or melodic aspect of, of some songs. So for us, it's important that those three elements are always in our music, no matter if the sound is a bit more modern or more classical or more gothic. Those three elements. We play with those three and the two voices, and that's the Lacuna Coil sound, I think. So it doesn't matter if it's more modern or more traditional or gothic or more metal. It's still Lacuna Coil. I think you can always tell that it's Lacuna Coil, no matter which album you take. Different, you can like more Kamalize to another one, but still, you can always recognize the, the band, I think. What's your favorite Lacuna Coil album? Putting you on the spot. So you never, you can never win. <laughs> I say commonizers are fair enough. You can try it. I think we've got time for a couple more questions. Uh, let's go right to the back, to that gentleman at the end of the room. Just to get the She's person with the microphone walking around. Hi, uh, I've always loved your B-side tracks like uh, Oblivion and Last Goodbye and uh, Breakdown of the new album. I was wondering, what process do you go through to essentially select what songs do end up on the regular version, why certain songs only ended up on the special edition, and why we haven't heard anything from Broken Crown Halo in, in terms of like unreleased songs. Uh, I think from Broken Crown is because we didn't have any extra song that we actually record uh, in full, so we, that's why. But I think mm, in general, we, 
it's it's another very difficult thing. Like it's like the set list question before, and you know, to pick up the songs for the that actually gonna make it to the record, it's always a gamble. You know, we we try to maybe sometimes there are some songs we think they sound a lot like something we already done, so we say maybe this is we can use it as a B side, but. It, or something too similar in the record. If we write two ballads, it's like, okay, these are both good. Good. And some markets require to have like an extra, like a bonus song just as a special on, on special editions. So we select yeah, them this or, way. Or if we have four ballads and then we already have three in the record, so we keep one out because we already have three songs like that. And, but, but it's very, it's always hard. It's also another thing we fight about is to choose which song I'm not gonna, is not going to make it. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go to there. Right at the front. Right at the front. <laughs> <coughs> She's getting exercise anyway. Um, I was just wondering if throughout your career there's a part of a song or one moment that makes you cringe <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> A mistake, like this one, <laughs> like maybe on stage or anything that just makes you cringe when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Some, some smell on the tour bus, <laughs> for sure. I remember that we did a tour. No, seriously, I mean, we did a tour, and our ex-guitar player Chris was wearing leather pants. Imagine using leather pants for like a couple of months straight without washing them. And we kept all the clothes on the bus. That was magical. That makes me cringe for sure. And then when, for me personally, was when it was possible to smoke on a bus. Because I don't smoke. And everybody was smoking in the back lounge. And my bed was still right by it. So in between cigarettes and weed and everything, I was like knocking at the door like, stop it, fuck you. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. That made me cringe. In terms of um, career, I can say that actually the first time I saw the first version of the Heaven's Live video, that made me cringe. <laughs> I have to be actually, completely, a lot of people like that video. I have to be completely honest with you because the story, we never really said it, but we've been sent the script that was completely different. We shot the video in, in LA and the script was like totally it was like the Matrix, Matrix like it was like okay you're gonna lay in a bathtub with black water and this rooster will come out the tub and we'll embrace the old room and then we'll go to the members who are like whoa it was made the Matrix period we were like oh my god it's gonna look awesome so we get there and we see rose petals on the floor candles <laughs> piano and we're like it was, wait a minute it was like we're the, the, the most set. cliche gothic imaginary you can have. And it was like, sorry, the budget changed. And I was like, fuck, fuck. So we did it anyway, but when we saw it, it was like, this is not ex what we had in mind. So it, it is actually not a bad video, but we had a completely different idea in mind. So it started the, the, with, the wrong, with the wrong step and I never really liked it completely. Also because it was our first video and it was the third record because back then obviously there was no YouTube and stuff like that. So videos were something that you spent a lot of money. And and so we said, okay, fine, we're gonna have a video after three records into our career. And it was quite cheap. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember the director like, oh Trent, you are gonna play the piano, but I don't play the piano. Whatever, 
just before we finish, I'm going to try an experiment. They don't know about this yet. Let's see if this works. Everyone here is obviously a big Lacuna of Coal fan. Put your hand up if you want to be put on the spot by them. And they don't know what's coming. Anyone would like to actually be put on the spot by Christina and Jeff? Right, okay. Now, the lady over there, Christina Andrea, what question would you like to ask her? What does Lacuna Coil mean? I used to be a woman in a metal band. today that nowadays there are so many females in bands that you should do the, the, the opposite question like how's to be a male in a metal band I never get my spot to for makeup I always have a dirty toilet so and they smoke in the background I think that's a really good place to end because everyone wants to see your spectacular live performance. Christina, Andrea, thank you ever so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank, thank, you. thank you guys so thank much. You, thank you, everybody. Should we stage dive into... <laughs> oh, I hope you enjoyed that. Little bit of a treat for those of you who weren't able to attend. Let's um let's talk about the screening itself. What did you think, guys? Mike, what did you think of the screening? Did you enjoy it? Did I enjoy it? Yeah, um, did you enjoy it? No, I think three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it was uh it was a little things like obviously when we arrived you got given a free beer, uh, a Moretti beer to go down, take your seat. And as as the evening progressed, you will probably both agree it started off, it was nice and civilised and everything, and everyone's wowed by it. But then, as it gets goes through the evening, it turns into more like a gig with audience participation of the crowd reactions from every song. And as well as that, Christina and Andrea were there at the back um, watching it, um, and we were there at, uh, at one point. I thought that was nice that they blended in and were there, and uh, people could go and, well, hang out with them. Hmm. and such like and I thought all in all I, I've never been to a screening before like that from an advanced screening but I think everything else would be a disappointment because it, it worked so well and I was very happy that I went yeah I, I tend to agree tend to agree Russ what about you what did you think of the evening yeah no I mean I, I totally echo exactly what Mike said I mean it started off I mean you know the, the pair of us were sort of down in the front row and all civilised you come in you got your beer everyone said hello and the screening starts and you know for probably the first I think six songs we just sort of sat there like blown away by the quality yeah. of what we were watching because not only is the I mean people will see when they actually get the DVD a lot of music DVDs, sometimes the editing can kind of let it down where it's sort of snappy and, you know, too fast paced and you can't really get a feel for the gig. 
Whereas this, everything was so beautifully done. I mean, the video looks amazing and it really captures the essence of the evening. But on top of that, I mean, the screening in the cinema and the fact that you're getting the audio in 5.1 surround sound and the mix on it is just immense. So as amazing as the authors, the, the visuals are, the audio is just as good. And as Mike said, after about six, seven songs, it was almost like you're at a gig or a massive party. So everyone was getting up and down. Everyone was drinking. Everyone was singing along, shouting, dancing. You know, you wouldn't really be able to recapture an atmosphere like that. I don't think with any other sort of band or type of screening to that regard. And I think it's a great credit again to Lacuna Coil that they have that type of strength of you know, bond of a community with their fans and with the material and the songs. Mm. But that's what that conjures up in that type of environment. Like Mike said, you wouldn't ever get an experience like that. And if you went to another screening of a band DVD, I think it would massively power by comparison. It yeah, I, it was it was really good. I think that I think I would capture it in a sense of it was just so relaxed, wasn't it? I mean, like the yeah, I the um, the cinema itself, which was the Everyman Cinema in Islington. Was it Screen on the Green? I believe it's his formal title, pictures of it, etc. Inside, it is very much like a proper screening uh, auditorium. So all the seats are really comfortable and there's you know big arms and there's cushions and some of them even got blankets if you want to snuggle up. And um, a lot of the seats have got places you can put your feet up on, you know, like kind of cushions to rest your ankles. So it really is kind of chill out sort of thing. And there's probably no more than maybe 200 seats in there, something like that. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's it's not big anyway. And then along the back, you've got the bar. And as you say, Andy and Christina sort of, they did the Q&A and went and sat at the back and drank spritz and ate popcorn, basically. <laughs> and Christina took a load of video and a load of, uh, of photos and, and people just kind of got into it. And it was a real party atmosphere. It, I think people really didn't know how to act. If you know what I mean, it's like, am I allowed to stand up and sing along to this? Um, I think first of all, people were, I'm going to sit back and enjoy this. And there's, to be fair, it's not like it was completely like a gig, is it? There were people that were sitting down all the way through, but there was a good percentage of people that got up. I sat down at the beginning, kind of purely because, as I've said before on the last couple of podcasts, when I saw the show in January, I was taking photos, so. As you guys will know by now, it opened with a current obsession and mm. that, that surprised me. And I never really got a chance to listen to it, enjoy it because I was too busy being A, shocked and then B, taking photos. Um, so I remember sitting back on Tuesday with my feet up and singing along in my own little private space watching this for the first time, really. You know, not through the, the lens finder of a camera. And then it got to the end of that song. By then I'd, I'd, I'd drunk my beer and I wanted another drink. And I got up, walked to the back, got myself a drink, turned round, and it just didn't feel right for me to go and sit down again. So I ended up leaning on the, the barrier between the bar and the back of the cinema, and like almost like I was at the, the front barrier of a concert, but much further back, and watching it, and then getting increasingly more inebriated and singing even loudly and <laughs> making lots of friends and chilling out and you know, Christina came over and we had a chat and Andy came over and we had a chat and I think they were surprised at what the reaction was to a certain extent and they ever done anything like this before so they were didn't know quite how it was going to go down and 
obviously it went down really, really well. And as you say, after six or seven songs, people were getting up and chilling out. And it was just a really relaxed evening. It was really, really cool. And you kind of didn't want it to end like every concert, really. But you're right, it did feel like a concert by the end of it to me. It had that kind of really, really friendly atmosphere. And the funny thing was, of course, is that we know so many of the people that were on that video that were at the front on the barrier and you know coming through the doors including I saw you guys and I saw various people that I know very very well so it was like watching a watching a family a video, video wasn't it it was, <laughs> it was like a home video it's like oh I know him and I know her and I know. and it was just quite funny you know and to a certain extent it was quite humorous watching Christina sing along to herself at one stage which I thought was brilliant uh, it was like karaoke mm -hmm. uh yeah so I, I thought it was a great evening and, and I kind of I don't want to reflect too much on the DVD other than to agree with what you said. That it's it's really good. It really captures the show. I mean, it was a beautiful show anyway, wasn't it? It was very artistic and, you know, all the, the, the clown and the stage and stuff. And it really brings that to the fore, I think. They've done a really good job of making that come alive. So I can't wait to see it again, if I'm honest. I pre-ordered it today, <laughs> both formats, of course. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But the Q and A was good as well, wasn't it? It was. There was some really interesting questions came up. Um, there was well, we've already heard it. So yeah, great evening. Um, Tuesday night in Eastlington wasn't a lot to do afterwards. So once it closed down, it was, you know, goodbye everybody and let's go home sort of thing. Um, so it wasn't a really late night for everybody, but it was um, what a delightful evening. And uh, what a great idea from the band to, to screen it and to those lucky people that got to go on and see it, ourselves included. I, I don't think I'll forget that anytime soon. Any sort of final thoughts, Mike? Closing thoughts from you on it? Um, other than, obviously, to thank Christina and Andrea for coming over. Um, I think that was a, uh, obviously a nice touch. Mm. And the whole evening... Um, well, as you say, it couldn't have gone any better, and it was a, a perfect night for everyone that was there. Absolutely. Russ, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, spot on what Mike said. I mean, again, like you mentioned, it was it was great as well, the fact that, you know, it was a special screening that Christina and Andrea had found the time to obviously come over and do that and just to sort of chill out of the back and just have a chat with them and, you know, just take it all in with them and you could just see the sense of pride and accomplishment that they had and to be able to share that moment with them and obviously with Wolfie who who made it out as well, who was the lighting director. It was just mm. a great evening all round for everyone. Yeah, no, yeah, good point guys. I, we've always said that the Kunakola are really approachable people, right? It's anybody who's met them before a gig or after a gig, during a gig, you know, like like we well, I'd say it was a gig, but you know what I mean, during a, an event like Tuesday. Um, just knows that they're, they're so friendly and I, I suspect that a few people that hadn't had a chance to meet them before and get a photo got a chance to meet Andrea and Christina on Tuesday and it really just reaffirmed how friendly they are and how open to conversation and just just how natural they are it's it's wonderful and as you said Russell there's not that many other bands it would be quite that same experience because it did feel like big home video lots of family members sitting down and you know hey guys look what we did at the beginning of the year this is our concert come out and eat popcorn and drink beer and watch it with us kind of thing that was a great experience so yes if you didn't see it uh, you're probably feeling really jealous 
right now, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologise for that, actually. Um, <laughs> it was a great evening. So, anyway, I think that's kind of brings us to a bit of a close today. It's been great catching up with both of you, albeit only briefly. Obviously, we had a bit of a catch-up on Tuesday, of course, in the pub and afterwards. Um, hopefully, we can get back together very, very soon and do a, another podcast, maybe? Yeah, of course, it really depends. News. Yeah, just yeah. thinking announcement in the news. There's another tour happening, isn't there? There is indeed. There is indeed. Yes, as I call it, the German tour. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the mini tour, which is uh, yeah, mostly around uh, Germany and Switzerland and a few other places as well, but ends in Milan on the 15th of November, so only a few weeks away. Uh, the three of us will be there, I believe. So we'll catch mm-hmm. up again. Maybe we can record a podcast while we're over there. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. Um, so yeah, yeah it's going to be great to see them again. And uh, I, I kind of assume that they're going to play the same set, but I'm, I haven't taken anything for granted. I know they call it the, the one nineteen show on tour, which suggests that although they won't have all the visuals and all the all the performance, it kind of assumes that the, the set list is going to be the same. But I haven't asked the questions, so I don't know for certain. But there we go. So yeah, we can hopefully record something then and get something out in a few weeks. That'd be good. All right. So uh, I think we'll bring this to a close. Uh, it's been great catching up. Tuesday was great. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you both again in a couple of weeks' time. For those of you who are unfamiliar with us, I'll say it a few times now, uh, you can find out more about us and uh, Lacuna Coil over at emptyspiral.net, www.emptyspiral.net, which is our official website and the official website of the Lacuna Coil community. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we don't have to worry about too much about Google Plus anymore because they're closing it down. So we can <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> yeah, we were never on MySpace either. Uh, no, actually, I was. We were kind of on MySpace. Um, MySpace I shut suppose. down the Empty Spiral website. They said that I was stealing images, which was not true because I've been given permission. But I don't know what happened there. I, I uh, once they shut me down, I was like, "Screw you guys!" And clearly, mm-hmm. clearly, that was the beginning of the end. Once the Empty Spiral MySpace shut down, MySpace just had to go. To be fair, we could probably do a special episode on IP IP for intellectual property and how ES has been around for about 10 years longer than MySpace. Indeed. (laughs) And also all the problems I've had with intellectual property over the year and people accusing me of all kinds of fun things that I've not done. That's a fun one. Uh, Might get a bit dark in places. We'll record that in a pub at some stage and you'll hear me go into a bit of a rant. I think my favourite, I think you made a banner or something once for... um, Yes, and it turned up bootlegged in Japan and Asia on a T-shirt or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if anybody <laughs> ever that. sees Christina laying along the Lacuna Core logo, um, that one's appeared everywhere. Uh, that was done by me many, many years ago. <laughs> yes, it's it's been on badges, it's been on laminates, it's been on posters, official posters advertising their concerts, it's been on T-shirts, so yes. <laughs> Oh dear, if only I could have found a way to monetize that one. Anyway, we we, we can talk about that another time. Guys, thank you very much for joining us and uh, for everybody else listening, don't forget, uh, well, listen to more Lacuna Call. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you soon. Cheers, everyone, and see you soon. Ciao.